Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real Phony gon' recognize, still, I reckon I will Like we always do with this time Welcome, 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 welcome everybody, what's up, how you doing, it's a pleasure to be here tonight, you guys know how I get it, you guys know what I like to do, and uh, you guys know that I love you on this show, shout out to everybody out there who supports the KIRP radio show, shout out to everybody out there who always listens to the show, whether you guys are commenting or not, not looking for comments, man, I'm looking for you guys to get, gain some knowledge, to share some information, um, to talk about the truth. You know what I mean? And I really appreciate you guys rocking with us. Um, somehow, the ratings have been out of control over the past few months. And, and I really, it, it's really all you guys, man. I really appreciate what you guys do. And uh, we almost gained a million listeners in a month. And, and I think that's absolutely crazy. That That's a record so far. 
So, I mean, we are knocking on the door of 5 million listeners uh, as I was just looking at the stats this morning with the smirk on my face because uh, I remember uh, the people that said, you know, political, God, positive, conservative, black. Man, none of that goes together. (laughs) None of that goes together. So I remember. I I remember the things that people say. I remember the looks I got as I was going around this country talking about this show, handing out business cards, trying my best to establish relationships, letting people know that, you know, there's some black folks that know what's going on too. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been quite a movement. You know, I don't, I don't really consider this a show. I just, I consider it a movement because, you know, the things that we stand for to me are right by all people. Um, you know, we are pro God. We are pro Christ. We are pro life. We are pro love. And, and, you know, there's a lot that goes under that umbrella, you know, whether people accept us or not, this is the mission of, um, KRP radio. This is the mission of my company. This is the mission of me among other men. This is the mission that I teach my children. This is the mission of my family, my friends, confidants, and, and, you know, relatives and, and everybody who, who joins me and everybody who goes along with us. This is our mission. Our mission is pro God. Our mission is pro Christ. Our mission is pro love. And, and that's just what we do. Um, there's a lot that goes underneath that. You know, like I said, there's a lot that goes underneath that umbrella. And uh, politics happen to be part of it, the liberties of every individual in this country and in the world. And, um, you know, it's just not popular. The, the positions that I take aren't popular. And, and people, frankly, just don't like it because it's not acceptable by all means. And what I mean by it's not acceptable by all means is that you just can't do what the heck you want to do, man. And, and that's just reality. You you can't do what the heck you want to do. That's not okay by everybody. That's not decent. If it's not decent, it's just not good, whether you like it or not. And I, and I know I understand everybody have their individual freedoms, and that's cool. I don't knock that. I got no problem with that whatsoever. You know, I love the fact that you have your individual freedoms. But you just got to remember there are people that fought for, those indiv- fought for those individual freedoms that we now have. And we have to continue to fight for those freedoms. We can't give up. The work is not done. The foundation is just laid. And you, you also got to understand, you know, whether you like it or not, whether you accept it or not, whether you believe in it or not, our forefathers believed in Christ Almighty. They believed in God. You can take that for what it's worth. I know it's true, and that's the reason we still have an existence today. That's the reason we're still here. That's the reason I'm out here fighting, so to speak. Shout out to all the soldiers out there. I always, always, always want to give a B-I-G shout out to all the soldiers out there. You guys are the best. We love you guys. If we can do anything for you, if we can put some packages together, I don't care if it's one box of nothing but beans. Whatever we got to do to support our troops, we need to do And to me, if that's speaking against the foundation that don't want to pay these gentlemen because they should be paid, let's be clear, folks. Let's be real clear for one moment, because I think this also needs to be said. When people are putting in work like that, like the soldiers are doing, like the troops are doing, like their families, when you sacrifice like that, you should be paid. I don't care why they're doing it. I don't care if they're doing it by the grace of God. I don't care if they're doing it because they feel like it needs to be done. They're just a brave soul and feel like, hey, I need to protect this country. But guess what? We need to pay those folks. And we need to pay them well, by the way. 
that also goes to some of you individuals out here that run around to different platforms, to different uh, 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 meetings and different groups and, you know, dealing with different organizations and making a sacrifice amongst your family. You know, that also goes to say with you guys, maybe we need to wake up and, sh- and shout out to Lee. Um, shout out to my man, Lee, with the I, I won't say his last name, but he knows what I'm talking about. And, and the different people know what we're talking about. But part of the C4GC, shout out to all of those individuals, conservatives for Guilford County. But shout out to you, Lee, uh, for for rallying the troops together at your home. Um, and, and definitely a B.I.G. shout out to Dan Forrest and Hal, um, his campaign strategist. I'm going to call him the campaign strategist. I won't say manager. I'm going to say strategist. That sounds a, that sounds a little bit more complicated, doesn't it? <laughs> but anyway, shout out to all you guys. Um, you guys really make the difference, man. You paint the road red with the Run, Forest Run campaign. If you guys don't know what it is, you need to look it up. Run, Forest Run. That's Dan Forrest, Lieutenant Governor, North Carolina, soon to be. I'm going to speak it in existence. I hope you guys are speaking into existence as well. These folks are working. They're going hard. And, you know, I was happy to uh, to attend a, 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 an event on the behalf of Dan that was held by Lee and the other uh, individuals that deal with this campaign, the other managers of the campaign, the other uh, Lee spokesmen of the campaign. And uh, I was happy to be a part of that, to attend part of that, myself and my partner, Rashad. Uh, Rashad Woods, partner of the Loving Father Society. You guys know I love being a black father. You know that's our nonprofit. That's what we do. Um, there's a need for that. I won't talk about that right now. But uh, shout out to all you guys for what you guys do, man. Y'all go hard. Y'all go hard in the paint. I don't know if you ever heard the kids say that before, but y'all go hard in the paint. You go hard like Pat Ewing in the paint. A little bit of NBA humor for the folks out there. A little bit of NBA for everybody who know who Pat Ewing is. If you don't, look him up. New York Knicks, Pat Ewing. Hall of Fame Center, that's how hard you guys go in the paint. Um, you throw elbows and you po- post moves and you do pump fakes and you dunk and you make baskets and hook shots, and that's what you guys do for Dan out there. And uh, we're going to make sure that this Run For Us Run campaign is, is out there. I want the whole world to know about Run For Us Run. I want the whole world to know about Dan For Us because these are some good people. That's a good man, good family that took it upon himself to say, hey, you know what, I can I – can, make a difference in North Carolina as lieutenant governor. I feel like I can do this, and this is what I need to do. And this man made it happen along with the host of friends and relatives and neighbors and, you know, voters out there. And, you know, it, it's going down, folks. And, and this is this is what it's all about, man, people who are not in it for some kind of special reason. Because like I just shared with my partner today, I said, you know what, 90% of what we do, we're doing it for someone else. You know, 90% of the running around what we do, I'm just speaking on him and myself and my partner Kevin and my partner Sonny and, you know, all the and, and a host of you guys, all the running around we do, all the support that we give people, all the driving around and flying around this country and, and talking to various people and discussing politics and policy and, and, and lobbying to some respect, all of that what we do is in the benefit for someone else. 90% of the times, I'll say the other 10% of the times, we're probably getting a check back for some of the gas or the time we spent. But needless to say, we're doing this for a reason, and there are a lot of other people out there that are doing it for a reason, and there are a lot of people out there that are working for the benefit of others, and I commend you all. B.I.G., shout out to you all. I really appreciate how hard you guys go in the paint, and, uh, you know, much love to you, man. So thanks for all you do. Thanks for making KRP Radio Show the number one black conservative show in southeastern United States, baby. Almost 5 million listeners. And, and this is what it is. You know, whether you like it or not, we do it B-I-G.
G. <clears throat> so without uh without stringing you guys along, you know, I like to open the show giving out shout outs and thanks to all the Twitter followers and all the Facebook followers and what and what may have you. But tonight's show is uh tonight's show is, is very uh special to me or, or, or very dear to me. And it's a very, very extremely serious topic. Um, there are a lot of things that are going on in this country that people just aren't privy to, I'll say. Or in large part, I think a lot of people don't care because if it doesn't make mainstream media, is not an outrage. If someone's not marching about it, it's not an outrage. If the media isn't going back and forth to the place that it happened and, you know, it's not on every network and, you know, People aren't putting their spin on it. It's not an outrage, but this woman Tanya Reeves that 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 was killed. Let's just call it what it is. This woman Tanya Reeves that was killed, um, is a story that just hasn't really made it to the light of a lot of our homes. It's a story that that's not talked about. I haven't seen, with all the respect to these people, because I'm trying to I'm trying to change myself a little bit for the for the disrespect that I may have caused to to some folks that I didn't mean, because I really don't mean any disrespect to anybody. But um, Tony Reeves was uh, 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 an issue that a lot of people just don't know about. And uh, I've invited uh, a very dear friend of mine, a leader in my mind, and a leader to me, and a leader in this country, um, my good friend and, and, and partner in the pro-life movement, Walter Hoy from Issues for Life out in California. He also uh one of the I'll say one of the the one of the leaders in uh, the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Um and I've invited him to come on, on come on the show. Excuse me, I'm a little bit tongue tied. This is this is quite a topic for me and I'm I'm dealing with a lot of things. Um I've invited him to come on the show to discuss actually what happened to Tanya Reeves. Uh in Planned Parenthood's care, in an in an abort in an abortion facility's care, uh, when this woman died. Um, I would love to go into the story now. I, I listen. I want nothing but pure facts. You know, I don't even want to read any of the media's uh, uh, reports. I have several. I got several here in front of me. I got a few on the, a few on the computer. But I don't even want to get into any of that until we get Walter on the line, and uh, we're gonna get uh, uh, we're gonna get him to explain exactly what happened, uh, some of the legalities about it. We want to know. Uh, I, I would like I would like my listeners to know what's past, present, and future about Tanya Reeves. You know what actually happened to her. Um, why was this swept under the rug? You know why? Why aren't the mainstream media outlets actually talking about it? And um, you know, I, I really want to get down to understanding what happened because I haven't seen, like I said before, with all due respect, I haven't seen Reverend Sharpton marching about this. I haven't seen Reverend Sharpton talking about this or Jesse Jackson talking about this. I haven't seen where the president, with all due respect to the man, I haven't seen where the president came on the air and said, you know what, Tanya Reeves could have been my daughter. Tanya Reeves looks a lot like my daughter's when she grows up. I haven't seen that. 
and I, and I can't help but to think that it's for political reasons. You know, when the Trayvon Martin case happened, every other word, every other news report was about Trayvon Martin and somebody wearing a damp, excuse me, somebody wearing a darn hoodie, you know, in support of that. And I'm not knocking what people support. I'm, I'm not saying that we should not have supported Trayvon Martin in that whole case. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to get into all of that. But my point is, you know, here we are again with another woman woman dying in the in in the care of a planned parenthood with all of their history and and when when you if you really think about it if you really look at planned parenthood if they were a political candidate they would be it would be an outrage that they actually ran for office i mean really think about it for a second if planned parenthood was a candidate if planned parenthood was a candidate for for us congress for mayor for a city representative, they will be laughed out of the man. They'll be laughed out of the out of the running. People will be outraged because of their history. So it's like we can sit here and talk about the history of other people, but we can look at this organization who has traditionally killed people repeatedly over and over and over and over again, and we can excuse that because they do a few damn mammograms. I don't understand, like, I don't I don't get what people are thinking today. I, I don't understand where people are going, and, and I'm sorry that I get emotional on this stuff, because, but, but it's factual. This, this is not just pure emotion, it's facts. Over and over again, these people are negligently killing folks, but we sweep it under the rug, and we'd rather talk about how cool Obama is, how he was doing the bop in the picture. How him and Michelle kicks it. How cool, how chilly they are. Meanwhile, people are dying at the hands of a corporation that uses our tax dollars, by the way. And every time I seem to open my mouth about this, people want to start talking about what their choice is. You got a choice to step in front of a Mack truck and kill your damn self if you want to. You got a choice to get up in the morning and go to work if you want to. We don't got to talk about choices. Let's talk about what's actually happening. I don't care to take your choice away. But I don't. I, I think I should have the choice not to give my money to people who are murdering individuals over and over again and got the nerve to talk about their public health servant and hide behind that. It's ridiculous to me. Let, let me bring a... Jesus, let me bring uh, my co-host for the night on the air, Sonny Johnson. Welcome to the show, Sonny. How, how are you? I'm hoping we're getting hype listening to you. I got to slow down a little bit. I'm getting a headache. This topic, <laughs> yo, this is serious, man. This topic kills me, man. I can I can barely deal with it. I yeah, well, what it is is just we've been desensitized. And I'm a, I'll, um, I am hope Kevin won't mind, but, you know, I had this conversation with Kevin, and he had had a, a death in his family. And I'm sitting on the phone, and I'm crying, and, and he's like, I'm just numb to it now. And I think that that's where most of us are. They have got us to the point where we're, like, numb to death. 
And that was the one thing that set us really apart from the animal kingdom, that we actually mourned our dead, that we actually cared about their, their spirits and things after they were gone. Yeah. And and the left has just desensitized us to all of that. And they just they, they want to take the humanization out of being human because that makes their agenda so much easier. I mean, it's, 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 it's factual information out here, Sonny. It's not like we're making this up, man. And no matter how much we scream that millions of people are killed by this organization each year, I have to sit here and debate choice with people. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me let me take a break for a second because I need to get Charlotte on the show from uh, StretchingYourBudget.com, and um, I'm going to let her bring you guys some information about saving some dollars. And uh, you know, this is what she do, man. She does a lot for the show. Hey, Charlotte from Triad Super Savers, stretchingyourbudget.com. Sonny, hang with me. All right. Charlotte. Hey, hey, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Just walking away from a friend's baby shower. <laughs> See, that's life right there. That's beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it, man. Um, Charlotte, you know, you know we it's it's time to go back to school. Some people have already went back to school. <clears throat> and for the last couple of weeks, you've really been dropping some jewels about, you know, tax-free weekend and, you know, how folks can save a couple of dollars. So, you know, I, I don't know what you have for us this evening, but if you could, could you take a moment and uh, explain uh, what, whatever you have this weekend for us, you know, whatever you can drop for us this weekend, it will, will definitely be helpful. Sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. No, you're good. Well, I mean, I don't have a ton planned, obviously, because I'm not at home, so I'm very sure. unprepared as usual. <laughs> no problem. You know, I actually like what you what you had for us last week. I mean, that was beautiful. And and if you could if you could simply talk about your blog and your website and, and what you do for people, what you do on your own time to help other people out, even that would be great because I know we have a lot of new listeners, especially on the West Coast this evening. Yeah, definitely. Um, well. I mean, it's basically the name says it all, stretching your budget. I mean, that's what I spend my time doing is teaching others how to stretch their budget. So, um, you know, that could be anything. That could go from, you know, limiting something to make your dollar go further. That could be learning how to coupon, which is something that we really impress a lot on, you know, Couponing is an excellent way to make a huge impact on your budget immediately. Um, you know, that could be anything. So just learning how to live more frugally and learning how to stretch your money. Um, we all work really hard, so it's super important, at least in my opinion, to, you know, learn how to make your money go further because you don't want to work really hard and just waste it away and have nothing to show for it. So. Um, that's something that my husband and I definitely try to live by. So um, that's kind of how stretching your budget all got started. Um, it originally, um, when we started, there was a reason behind me starting to learn how to coupon. Um, for those of you that don't know, is um, you know it was basically out of necessity. My um, husband lost his job, and you know we needed to make some serious moves with our money and um, learn how to, you know, stretch our, our dollars and make make it go further because obviously we're on one, one income at that point. So, you know, learning how to, um, to, to do that, the most 
obvious way to me was just coupon. Um, I had some friends that had learned how to do it, and they kind of taught me just through showing me, you know, what they had learned. And it just kind of flourished from there. It really took off. You know, a lot of my friends didn't really do much with it after they learned how um, to coupon initially. But um, it was something that was intriguing to me because, um, you know, I could do – I could coupon and see immediate results. You know, um, I would go to the grocery store and save, let's say, $50 and only spend 5 bucks. Well, that's kind of addicting. Um, You know, seeing that big number of savings not leave my pocket was huge because that meant that was $50 that I could put towards a bill, um, you know, that we needed to pay. So I think that was kind of what, kind of got me into it and kind of stuck was the fact that I was seeing that huge number. You know, a lot of times people try different um, hobbies or different kind of things, and it just doesn't really stick because they don't see um, immediate results. You know, as Americans, we're so trained to, um, you know, quick, instant, what's convenient um, and what's easy, but and, you know, it's become a society that that's no longer working. What's easy and um, convenient doesn't work oftentimes because the end result is never good. So, um, anyway, I started having a lot of my friends want to see, like, pictures of my trips, my shopping trips, and how I was able to save so much money. Um, and I was, you know, trying to email them these things. And it just became so much to the point that I needed somewhere to put this information. So um, I started just like a free um, little website that was, you know, Blogspot. It's a free way for you to um, have a website. And I just started doing that and posting things. And people became more and more intrigued. And um, that's kind of, if you look at our Facebook page, it's Triad Super Saver. That's where we started. Um, we live in the Piedmont Triad, so that's kind of where that name came from. But I soon realized that there was people outside of my area that were interested in learning how to save. So, um, you know, as I was thinking of a name, what could we call it? What a name that um, kind of globally encompasses what we do? And that's kind of where Stretching Your Budget came from. So, um, you know, we just try to find deals and bring you the the things that we think are some of the ways that you can save money. It's not every deal out there. Obviously, I can't cover everything, but, um, you know, we just have a lot of information on how to get you started on couponing, where to find deals, what what are the best stores, in our opinion, um, that you can find some of the best deals. And it's not just couponing, though. I mean, we cover family tips, parenting tips, life life things, you know, whatever it may be that we're going through. We now have, um, I have a partner that helps to post um, a daily thing that sometimes it's devotion. Sometimes it's about her kids. Um, One's autistic and one is, um, he was born with the deletion of a chromosome. So dealing with kids with special needs. So there's kind of something there for everybody. So, um, you know, don't, if you're not into couponing, don't shy away because there's, um, you know, information for all aspects of your life. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs>
Well, I mean, well, that's a lot in a nutshell, Charlotte. It's, <laughs> it, it is a lot, man. And you know what? You know you B.I.G. in my book. You know, you B.I.G. in my book. I really appreciate what you do, man, because I'll, I'll say this, folks. If you don't know, I, I've saved a lot of money um, just from listening to Charlotte. I know that my wife goes in, man, and she's the coupon fanatic now like this woman. You know, Sunday after the show, it's like our movie night. And, and you know, we get together. We have a movie. We just relax and and we just kind of chill, you know. And <laughs> this woman wanted to go get some newspapers at 3 o'clock in the morning to coupon. I'm like, baby, look. <laughs> I'll get them tomorrow, man. She forgot to pick them up. She's like, I'm going to get them. I'm like, no, you're not. It's 3 in the morning. <laughs> you know, I almost got in an argument over not going to get newspapers. So, you know, it's you're that serious in my household. It it is and and it, and it's a beautiful thing to say because you know what frankly there's a lot of, there's not a lot to go around these days so any little bit that you can save I know I'm not ashamed to go to the supermarket with a handful of coupons and I I'll do my thing the problem with me is I don't know the times to go and I don't know what coupons to clip so I'm choicy with mine she's like baby you can't be choicy you just gotta clip and go get it yeah so, you know I mean it does take time I've talked about you I always sound like a broken record you know it takes time. So many people ask me or they think, oh, well, is it easy? Okay, I can do it if it's easy. There again, good things in life that come are not easy. You know what I mean? So it takes time. But just as an example, I know I've got to go over my time. But um, my cousin, she, again, lost her job and started couponing. Well, when things got easier, they slacked off on couponing and stopped doing it. You know, and so she started in this last week. We had a big couponing event at our local store. And, um, you know, she's been posting all these pictures on she's saved $200 on a 20 and spent $20, you know, insane stuff. And she's like, yeah, but it took me so much time. I said, okay, let's think about this really quickly. If you spent, um, let's say, three hours for the week preparing, clipping, shopping, whatever it is that you had to do to get to the store, mm-hmm. and you saved $200, okay, what is $200 into three hours? That's, what, $70 an hour? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> wow. That's a lot That's a lot of cake. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, who makes that in an hour? I don't make that you know, an hour. Not many people that. do, unless you, like, have a doctor or something. So, you know, yeah, it takes time, and you have to carve that time into your schedule, but what is the benefit? Does the benefit outweigh the risk? In my opinion, yes, yeah. it does. Oh, absolutely. Some people, it doesn't. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and that's just it, but. Well, I can't see how it doesn't. I would love to pay myself $70 an hour, and thanks to you, we kind of do that a little bit, a little something-something, so I appreciate it. <laughs> We're totally welcome. Well, did you have a good birthday? You know what? My birthday was awesome, man. And I don't I don't like celebrate my birthday really. I did celebrate my thirtieth once in a lifetime, but thirty three years of age, like I put on my Facebook, I'm thirty three and God is doing this thing because I remember folks telling me that I wouldn't make it to see twenty five and I probably homicide before I learned to drive. So I'm here. I'm standing firm, and I'm standing with faith, man. Despite all of our challenges and all the things that we have to do to correct ourselves and to fix ourselves for further in life, um, I'm here. And I'm standing, I'm making mistakes, correcting them, and I'm keeping on going. Great, God. That's awesome. Well, good to have you around for year 33, and hopefully you'll be around for a lot more. (laughs) Thanks, Charlotte. I'm going to be here. You're going to be here. We're all going to be here. Right now we got to go to commercial, folks. And uh, when we come back... We have the honorable, the amazing Walter Hoy 
Issues for Life. He will be here with us, and uh, he's going to really break it down a little bit because I need help on this topic, man. I'll, I'll probably break down crying on here and talking about this stuff, man, because it's that serious to me. So I'll be back in the flash, folks. Y'all hang with us. We'll be right back with Sonny Johnson, Walter Hoy, Pudgy. Yeah, we'll be right back after this message. I believe you can tell a lot about our governor and lieutenant governor by the way they lead our state. We have great challenges facing us and need strong, courageous, visionary leadership to see us through. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina lieutenant governor. As an architect, senior partner, and office president of the state's largest design firm, I was accustomed to solving complex problems for my clients. Architects are creative problem solvers, and that's what we need more of in Raleigh. And we need more business leaders, not more politicians. Over the past 10 months, I've visited the majority of the counties in North Carolina multiple times. I've traveled over 80,000 miles, listened to thousands of North Carolinians share their solutions to the challenges we face. Did you know North Carolina ranks 41st in the nation in K-12 education, 36th in graduation rate, 43rd in unemployment, 38th in business tax climate, 42nd in illegal immigration? This is just not acceptable. I believe it's time to look at the failed policies of our current governor and lieutenant governor and demand real leadership for North Carolina. As your next lieutenant governor, I will tackle these issues head on and provide the strong, courageous, visionary leadership needed to lead our state through these challenging times. Over the next few months, I'll be sharing solutions to these challenges, and I hope you will take the time to share them with your friends and family and give me your feedback. I believe we can turn America around. And I believe we should start right here in North Carolina. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina Lieutenant Governor, and I ask for your support. Run, boss, run! Hesitation. If money talks, I got my masters in communication. But I don't run it, I run it for a hundred. Ever since I was a young and been hungry, it's called bunion. You've been so fixed to plumbing. I'm a beast in the game, you run it. And if this ain't what you call hip hop, it must be bungee jumping. East side on my arm, three stripes on my sneakers. And even if they slip us, they better be Adidas. Welcome back, welcome back everybody to the KIRP Radio Show. I got two amazing, amazing people on here to help me this evening because uh, frankly, with a topic like this, you definitely need some help. And uh, I've got Sonny Johnson. Sonny, what's up? Chilling, chilling. What's good with you? Maintaining, trying to hold on, drinking some uh, iced tea. It's real cold. Forgot about it, left it in the fridge last night. I'm glad because I need it right now. 
and uh, feel good, you know. Also, I have the amazing. I'm sorry, Sonny. I, I got the amazing. Well, you know what, ladies first. Pardon me, man. Pardon my, my pardon my manners. <laughs> also have Walter Hoy on the air with us. Walter, how are you, sir? Pussy, I'm fine. How you doing? I'm I'm doing great. And uh, you know what? You got to forgive me, Walter. And I've been knowing you for a couple of years now, and I, I still never know what to call you respectfully. <laughs> You know what? I want to I want to call you Pastor Hoy, and I I don't know what to call you, so I'm just gonna say Walter until you correct me. But you know I don't mean any disrespect, and, and I think a man of your caliber, um, for all that you do for us, and and I mean this. This is this is not radio kiss up, and you know me, and everybody out out there that listen to the show know me, and I, and I mean this from the bottom and the top of my heart through my soul, brother. I I don't I like to call you what you what you deserve, and uh, so correct me when I'm wrong. But welcome to the show. Brother, I'm glad to be here. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm, 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 I'm. This topic is 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 tough for me, and uh, you know, like I tell people, I, I, I'm all in with the pro life movement, but it it bothers me so much to my soul that I I don't even know how to react. Sometimes I mean it's it's emotional. It's it's really emotional, and and when you look at something like what happened to Tanya Reeves, which which happens. A lot around this country, I might add. Um, it, it's it's quite amazing. It, it really it really takes a toll on you. I'm yeah. really oh, no. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm I'm really leaving the air open uh, for you because I, I you wouldn't believe how many emails and and comments I've gotten about j- just questions. People asking, you know, who is Tanya Reeves? What do you mean die? What happened? What do you mean kill? What What are you talking about? You know, and, and it's it's just it's amazing to me that this doesn't get the type of coverage across this country that it deserves. It doesn't get the just do that it deserves. So I, I leave the air open for a moment, if you will, if you would introduce uh, the situation to my listeners out there and and shine some light on the truth of the matter. Of what's going on around surrounding the death of Tanya Reeves. Well, Tanya Reeves is a 21, a 24-year-old sister in Chicago. Uh, she's got a one-year-old baby. Uh, she's got a twin sister and a fiance. On July 20th, Tanya went into a Planned Parenthood abortion clinic in Chicago on 18 South Michigan. She was in her second. Trimester, and so that meant that she was lined up for a DNE abortion. Now that means dilation and evacuation, and essentially what that means is that Jesus. they have to take the ultrasound, get a picture of the baby in her womb, and then they take the baby out piece by piece, and then once they're done. They reassemble the pieces to make sure they've got all of the baby out of the womb. Jesus. Now, this was this was supposed to take place at 11 a.m. That was her appointment, and she was in Planned Parenthood at 11 a.m. But by 4.30 p.m., an ambulance took her to Northwestern Memorial Hospital. At 5.30 p.m., same day, Another ultrasound, another D&E to get out any pieces that were left 
inside of her womb, and then they discovered that, that it was either an incomplete abortion and that they couldn't stop the bleeding. Sometimes later, she was experiencing more problems, more pain, a third ultrasound, and then it was revealed that there was a perforation, that's a, a, a puncture mm-hmm. uh, in her uterus, it was discovered. At about 10, 12 p.m., Tanya was taken back into the operating room because the bleeding was uncontrollable at this point. At 11.20, she died. She was pronounced dead in, in the OR. Now, uh, your listeners need to know uh, that this is not the first time a woman has died inside of a Planned Parenthood abortion clinic. Uh, what's unusual about this one is that the sister was there for over five hours Jeez. before the ambulance came to take her to the hospital. <clears throat> the question is, what took them so long? What took them so long? Wow. Uh, the same day, they had already decided that it was an accident right after they pronounced her dead. Uh, but the details of this case, it keeps coming to light. And it's obvious at this point it, it wasn't an accident. So that's basically the case that we have before us. And I'm on my way to Chicago to deal with that now. It's, um, wow. You know, that that's that's a lot to take in, um, especially I, I can imagine, you know, folks who, who are listening to this for the first time. And, and it's, it's frankly unbelievable. Um, but it is true. You know, it is true. And, and there's a lot about this case that I just don't understand, even even understanding the process and, and knowing what goes on during an abortion. I, I don't I don't understand why they didn't call the police right away or how it even how it even got to the you know how it even got to that you know if, if was that facility an actual surgical facility where they could perform that that procedure uh, uh, fluently no Proper? this facility w- was not equipped to perform dnes that's part of the problem but let me tell you something else We've got the the nine one one tapes, and we've got the nine one one record. And as we look at the record, at around twelve or so, there was a call, a three one one call, not a nine one one call, because of a domestic disturbance inside the clinic. Apparently, uh, another client was having a disagreement with uh, a parent, and mm-hmm. they got so heated that they called three one one. Well, the, if you listen to the tape. The tape reveals that they explained to Planned Parenthood that the proper procedure was to call 911. That's how they handle these cases. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Well, this call was around 12 or so. But now Tanya has already been in there since 11. And so they were instructed, Planned Parenthood was instructed by emergency services that in the future they need to call 911. What took them so long from 11 to 4.30 is a mystery. And that's what we're dealing with at this point. 
Um, I just wanted to jump in here because one thing I um I live in Virginia and we just pay, we just recently passed a law here where they require that um a certain level of um of standards for abortion clinics because what what they were having here in Virginia is that they had more regulations on veterinarian offices than they did on on these clinics where they were bringing these young girls in and we were having a rash throughout the state of of young girls who had gotten abortions who were now having um massive bleed outs and 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 irregular menstrual periods and things like that after having these abortions and it was a lot to do with the infections, them not keeping it clean enough. Is that something that they're experiencing up in Chicago? Because I know that it usually occurs in the cities that have um, maybe the, a lower amount of funding than some of the bigger, more financially stable cities. There's no question about that. Uh, what your listeners um, need to know is that, for the most part, Planned Parenthood abortion clinics, are not deemed as medical facilities. They're clinics, but they're non-medical facilities, so that means they don't have to come up under the rigorous standard that perhaps a hospital would. Uh, <laughs> in some cases, go ahead. No, no, I, I, that's amazing. So so they don't even have to do health department uh, or, or mandates? They don't have to abide by health department mandates or health code yeah. mandates? No, I'm thinking that it's different in each state, and it kind of depends on if that's something that your that your state legislature is it has brought up to the board. I know when government Governor McDonald got in here in Virginia, that was one of the um, the main things that that he that he pulled forward is to get the regulations up on the abortion clinics, and 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 now we also have the. Um, the you get you have to take the picture, you have to have the ultrasound of the baby before you decide to um to have an abortion and that was a big brouhaha war women type of thing a couple of months ago with right. the DNC jumping on RNC for that. Right. Yeah, according to Planned Parenthood, she's absolutely right by the way, but according to Planned Parenthood, their abortion clinics are described as quote freestanding non medical units which are independent of hospitals. Now that's the problem. These non-medical abortion facilities are ill-equipped to address the adverse medical complications inherent in and arising from abortion, especially late-term or second-trimester abortion, such as the one that claimed the life of Tanya Reed. What's what's all the controversy surrounding her autopsy where uh, something was going on to the the effect of... uh, I don't I don't know if the lawyers were asking for an autopsy or maybe her family was or or what what's going on with that? Well, uh essentially uh part of my team has has asked for an autopsy. An autopsy is public information just like the 911 records are public information and by law uh you can get the autopsy. Mm-hmm. Well, we asked for it and they said no. They point blank said no, and at this point we've had to engage a, a legal uh, firm to address this further, and it looks like we're going to get it. But it's at the point of, of a lawsuit. We have to say you know, our lawyers are involved now, so you have a choice to give us the autopsy or not. But by law you're supposed to do this, so they don't want to give us the autopsy. 
it's clear that they're in full blown cover up mode. Right. And it's becoming more and more obvious. Uh, Planned Parenthood needs to be held accountable uh, for the death of Tanya Reeves. Wow, that that's it. I I actually thought that was um, up to the attorney. I thought it was law according to the what's the freedom the Freedom of Information Act. I thought some, I might have that wrong, but I thought it was the Freedom of Information Act um, that the attorney general offices uh, said you know that you should be able to obtain an autopsy. You know that all autopsy reports are public record, and and that's something that I read maybe uh, maybe in early July if I'm not mistaken. Well, it is. It is public record. The, the problem is that abortion all throughout the country is the most unregulated surgical procedure in the nation, and it has left a trail of dead women and over 54 million babies. So uh, we really need to tighten this up. And like they said, everything, everything that was what Margaret Singer initially set out for, for population control, especially within all minority um, communities, and that's what we're experiencing now, and we see it on a grand scale. I wanted to ask you, what what is, um has it really came out anything about how her family is responding to this? I know that she yeah. had, like, a twin sister. How is her family responding to this? Because we have a lot... These stories aren't, you know, a needle in a haystack, but we don't ever really get to hear the voices of the of the families that are left with this with this disaster after the fact. Has her family stepped up and said anything about the case? No, the, the family uh, has engaged a, a law firm, and they're being sheltered behind this law firm. Uh, by now, uh, Tanya's already uh, been buried mm-hmm. in the ground. Uh, and there's been absolutely no word uh, from the family. Uh, we can only imagine how heartbroken they must be. There was one report, uh, according to CBS News in Chicago, how the twin sister was just outraged and, and looking for answers to explain the death of her twin sister. Wow. That That's is just amazing. horrible. But it's and and I I want to get on to one more thing because this is something and this is isn't going to Tanya specifically, but just the overall issue of abortion because it's something that you know I I have um you know I'm, I'm my family we have a lot of issues about this in, in in our family and we have a lot of disagreements on it, but I have a couple of cousins who um who've had multiple abortions in multiple years and i think what they say is what is is like you can have three abortions in 3 years and then you're there you're basically forced to have the fourth baby well from the cousins that i had that have had that experience all of them now are are, are going through some kind of medical um issue that was kind of related to the first three abortions and then agitated by the actual birth of a child of the child. How come this is something that we don't push for as far as getting the statistics out, not just of the babies that were killed in Planned Parenthood, but the actual women who have gone through these procedures time and time again and will have lifetime scars and effects from um, from just the abuse that's being put on the, on their bodies by these clinics. You know, that's, I just love love that question. For years, Planned Parenthood has been, been hiding the truth about the risks associated with abortion. And really, uh, it's been going on so long 
that it wasn't until about maybe uh, last month that the Eighth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals uh, in Planned Parenthood versus Round uh, ruled that abortion providers can, not that they will be, but they, that they can be required to disclose the many risks associated with abortion, even if the attending doctor believes the associated risks are only incidental to abortion and not a direct result of it. So for all these years, uh, the most unregulated, perhaps the, the most dangerous procedure, uh, abortion, uh, has just been uh, unregulated. And so they've been able to just keep this out the media and really to keep uh, much of black America ignorant about the truth of abortion. What's what's happening uh, on the political side of these matters in a whole? I mean, are are there any... Does anyone care, actually, politically speaking? Because it seems like when you talk about the topic of abortion, you have one you have one stand saying one you know one people saying hey we shouldn't be able to have them at all, and then you have people saying hey we should be able to have them and it's my choice to have them uh, whatsoever. But politically speaking, you don't hear many bills being proposed to simply protect those who choose to have them. Now, I'm you know me, I'm I'm definitely not saying that it's the right thing to do, but I also understand that people will do what they want to do and there's nothing that we can do to stop that. But I think that it should be done safe. So are are there anything is there anything that's out there that that's advocating uh safety in 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 a whole for this? Any one regulation that all facilities will have to abide by? No, unfortunately, this is sort of a state-by-state case. Uh, the, the, very, the very last case we have was in Mississippi where uh, the, the lone abortion clinic left in the state uh, doesn't even have uh, a doctor with hospital admitting privileges. And so something, anything could go wrong. They couldn't even admit the woman into the hospital. This is so far below every medical standard imaginable uh, that you would think that that would just automatically shut down the abortion clinic and everyone would be forced to know uh, this is the real state of this unregulated procedure. Well, Mississippi, uh, they're, they're protecting this abortion clinic. They're keeping it open no matter what and giving it more time to get a doctor that can meet the requirements necessary to have hospital admission um, privileges. So this is the real problem uh, with abortion. In California, we've got a bill out here that uh, says that you you don't even need a doctor. A midwife can do abortion. Now, she may may not have hospital admitting privileges either. She's not even a doctor. She hasn't gone to medical school. She hasn't completed any of the standards that any doctor would require. She's just a midwife. And in California, we're fighting that even now because midwives are going to be allowed to do abortions. So Planned Parenthood claims that they care so much about women, they care so much about their safety, and that's, that's why abortion is needed because it, it needs to be safe. Well, it's the most unregulated and perhaps the, the least safe procedure in the country. Well, we just got more information about what was coming out in Obamacare, and it, and it recently surfaced that um, 
that under Obamacare, they will be covering um, abortion and contraceptive serv- um, services, and you know that's a big boo-ha-ha now in um, in the public and the political arena uh, as far as um, as a religious right kind of um, kind of argument. But also, we're having um, this fight about the, the actual funding for Planned Parenthood coming out of out of the federal government, and, and we're having to pay for it that way. So we have this aspect where you have the government actually coming in and valuing life. You know what I'm saying? And, and telling me what it's worth. But the niche came when it says that they're going to be covering abortions and they're going to be covering contraceptions up to the age of 26. But if you are actually pregnant, you have to specially ask for pregnancy services to be added to your insurance policy. So as a young female say you're 21 years old and you're covered under Obamacare, you will have access to contraception, you will have access to abortion, but you won't have access to pregnancy services. So is, is this just really the setup to um, to get more of our girls streaming towards these abortion clinics um, instead of actually having their babies and, and bringing new life into the world and, and, and being reproductive as we were put here to do? Is this just their way of further desensitizing us and, and just pushing more of our young babies straight into abortion clinics? You know, I couldn't have put it uh, better myself. Planned Parenthood, uh, ever since their inception, has targeted the black community. Mm-hmm. And, and Life Dynamics uh, last year did a 50-state study that proved that the abortion clinics are in our neighborhood, and that's not by accident. And, yes, uh, as of August 1st, it's now law uh, that the Obamacare requires all employer health plans to provide free contraceptive, sterilization, abortion-inducing drugs, regardless of any moral or religious objections or any conscience that you might happen to have. And they're going to even shut down uh, hospitals or any other type of ministry uh, that refuse to go along with, you know, sterilization and abortion-inducing drugs. This is all part of a master plan to really end our race. And it's time that we actually wake up and smell the coffee. Uh, This has been going on way too long, and it's time that the truth about abortion uh, come out. Because when you look at the numbers and you look at the stats and look at the data, it's clear what's going on in black America. And when you have in New York last year where more babies were aborted, more black babies were aborted than were actually born, at some point we have to wake up and realize that um, we and I don't and even though Parenthood Planned Parenthood is the outfit that actually goes through with the murder because I I do think that it is murder. So even though Planned Parenthood is the outfit that goes through with the murder, we're actually like setting ourselves up to it for it and putting ourselves in a position where we continue to fall for it. And so we really really need to do some um 
some real education and outreach in our communities. And you have so many people now like the Alveda Kings and the Mafa 21, Mafa 21 people, and there's a lot of organizations that are doing um, this pro-life work. And you even have it where um, 50, over 50% of the American population now identify themselves as pro-life, yet we still have rising numbers of abortion in this country. If the normal methods that we're using now to try to get this message out is aren't working, if the messages that we have now aren't working, what can we do differently to get, um, especially in the black community, to um, to get our girls to see that 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 not only is it going to be hurting their bodies in the future, but they're also you know stopping our population rates and and basically bringing our growth to a standstill because it said that once you get to one point, uh, what is it like one point two percent um reproduction rates that it's hard for uh, a, a group of people to turn that around Continue. and we're yeah. like sitting at 1.4 right now so how do we shape a better message that we can get this information out there and actually have it um effective in terms of of lowering the number of abortions that are that are performed to uh, to actually just killing the practice altogether well in my opinion, the, the the number one thing we have to do is, is education. Uh, you, you mentioned part of it when you talked about 60%. That comes from New York City, where 60% of black pregnancies in New York City end in abortion. Now, you don't have to be a mathematician to figure that out. You know, <laughs> 60% of all black pregnancies end in abortion, and that statistic, that, that trend has been true since 2000. So yeah. New York City is depopulating now. There isn't going to be as, uh, black folk around for another 40 years from now if we don't stop this trend. The other thing we need to do is realize why. We have to understand why is black leadership uh, so resistant to this message? Why, why is it so difficult for them to put their arms around? And there are four reasons why black leadership struggles with uh, the pro-life movement. And when you understand those four reasons, you can then begin to put together the appropriate strategy to effectively get the word out. Well, what, well, well, what, what, what would you say those four are? Because I'm yeah, like, exactly. I'm sitting here making a list now. I want to see how our list <laughs> coincide. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, number one, the number one reason black leadership rejects the pro-life movement is that the black leader, he or she, is post-abortive. That's the number wow. one reason. They're post-abortive. When you take a look at uh, the, the black church and you realize that for, for every woman 40 and above, one out of two every woman are 40 and above and had an abortion, uh, the pastor is wow. preaching uh, to an entire congregation of post-abortive women. And I'm going to tell you, this is, where, this is what it kind of breaks down. This is what it looks like. Uh, the pastor is supposed to board it himself. He's either advised someone to do it in his congregation. Uh, it may be his wife. It may be his mother. It may be his daughter. It could be his son. Or in the worst-case scenario, it's been his girlfriend in the back of the choir that he doesn't want anybody to know. So when, wow. we, when we come to uh, black leadership, we have to realize that abortion in black America is a holocaust. It has affected everybody. I mean, you got to get this. 
according to the Alan Guttmacher Institute, this is the former, we're really not so former, research arm of Planned Parenthood. I'll use their data. According to AGI, Alan Guttmacher Institute, 30% of all abortions in the United States of America come from black America. We're responsible for 30% of all abortions, yet we're only 12% of the population in this country responsible for 30% of all abortions. But I'm not done. You've got to break that number down. Half of us are women. So now you're looking at 6% responsible for 30% of all abortions in the United States of America. And I'm still not done. When you consider childbearing age 15 to 44, you're looking at 3% now responsible for 30% of all abortions. It's clear abortion is the number one killer in black America, hands down. So in church, black leadership, they're not exempt from that. They're post-abortive too. Ooh. Post-abortion. Okay, well, then I want to throw one in because I know it has to be out there, and that's the money aspect of it, that that a lot of our black leadership take money from Planned Parenthood. Like, that is especially said for, like, the um, – the uh, Al Sharpton, who in the 70s were, you know, was calling abortion genocide. He was calling um, the, the, this push that it was actually meant to depopulation to depopulate the black community. And then he runs for um, a, a, a Congress seat um, in New York. And Planned Parenthood was like, okay, you need to change your position so we can give you financing. And then all of a sudden. Planned Parenthood became okay with with the likes of Al Sharpton, and 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 that's kind of where we stand. This is a multi-billion uh, dollar industry, and they pay their representatives well. And um, is that a, is that a, a place where you think we should start making more more um, noise into actually um, showing the public how black leadership is actually getting paid and getting favors from um, from from actually depopulating our our population? There's there's no question about that. Actually, that that's reason number number three. Let me give you reason number two. Uh, the number two reason is that black leadership rejects the pro-life movement is that the black leader is racist. I mean, I don't know how many times I've talked to the fellas that after they hear the numbers, they, they really don't care because they literally hate white folks. That's a problem. People think that racism really only goes one way, but racism goes both ways. There's some of us that are just absolutely racist, and we really don't uh, want uh, to be associated or, or, or have to admit there's any problem on our side of fence. And, and that's a real problem because abortion is a killer. I mean, over 15 million black babies have been aborted since 1973. That's more than the entire populations of L.A., Detroit, Atlanta, Boston, Oakland, Dallas, D.C., <clears throat> Chicago, Miami, and Baltimore combined. Combined. So the number two reason is that they're racist. And if you can't deal with that racism, then you have a hard time reaching that leader. Now, the number three reason. Uh, before before you move on, because let, let cause, cause that's an interesting point that you brought up, because I've had these conversations as well. And when you have a conversation and say you have it with, 
like the random white liberal, um, they they'll kind of throw that in your face, like. Like you don't want the babies born in poverty. You don't want the baby. You know why? Why? Why would you want the baby born into a bad situation? And that's kind of their excuse that that they would give. And I've also talked to some black pastors where where they they'll say things like we don't need any more little nappy heads running around, or they they'll 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 put that stereotype out like somehow elevating themselves above the rest of the population. And if if that's kind of what you're going to as far as speaking, not just as them being racist and not wanting to um to face the problems in their own house when they could just direct it outwards, but also the negative cognitation that they actually have for the present black population, that they have separated themselves from, from say, just the average teenage black girl that might be going through this situation. They've completely separated themselves. You know, there, you're absolutely right about that, and, and that's a real problem. And for, for black folks to, uh, to anyway justify aborting a child, uh, killing a baby inside the womb of his or her own mother because of difficult circumstances really betrays our history. I mean, let's be real. Uh, we've come off the plantation. It couldn't have been more difficult than that. There's no hope of a job. There's no hope of, of, of a future. You really have to just do the very best you can and just make it anyway, trusting in Jesus. And we, as a people, have risen from the plantation fields where we are today because we did trust in the Lord and because we took care of our family. That means we took care of our babies under the most difficult circumstances. So that's absolutely no reason to get abortion. And we've got to come to grips with the fact that racism isn't what Christ has called us to be or called us to do. You're not going to overcome evil with evil, but you overcome evil with good. Why don't people understand or even care about uh, the history of abortion alone? And and this is what bothers me. This is what got me involved. This is where my understanding came from, because when you actually look at the history of abortion, I mean, I I said it before you came on the show early on, if, if Planned Parenthood simply was a candidate, if that was the candidate's name, and like they always do when they go to the past of that candidate and they look up the the, the things that they believed in, how they got their start, where they got their money from, they would be laughed out. They would probably be arrested and locked away and, and the key thrown away. So why don't people understand or want to believe the past and the history for which Planned Parenthood was found? Man, I, I, I hate to say this, but uh, I, uh, the, the, the bottom line is, is that uh, so many uh, leaders look at abortion as a, a way of relieving a problem. You know, pregnancy is now a disease. And you don't have to deal with that problem if you can just simply say, well, it's her choice and it's safe, legal, and rare. I mean, think about it. If she's 15 years old, she's in your church, you're pastoring, what are you going to have to do? She's pregnant and it's out of wedlock pregnancy. And the boy may not even be a member of your church. Well, as a pastor, you got to deal with all that. You got to deal with her. You got to deal with the families. You got to deal with the congregation. You may have to find him and deal with his family, and maybe his pastor, his congregation. Uh, but Planned Parenthood comes along and says, "You know what? I'll take all that off your hands. 
you won't have to deal with that at all. You ain't got to even preach about it, teach about it. You don't have to say anything because if she wants to, it's legal for her to just come down the block, right around the corner to my clinic, and I'll take care of the problem. And all too often, this is where that number three reason comes in for me, the, the fellas are just compromised. They have literally chosen the money over the mission. They have literally chosen the treasure over the truth. And so we don't appreciate the history. We don't even know the history. And I think the truth is that black leadership is part of the problem with abortion here in America. Jeez. And what was the last reason? <laughs> the last reason, the number four reason that uh, black leadership rejects the, the pro-life movement is that uh, the leader is uninformed. Uh, and that that's, I used to, you might think that that was the least of the four. I mean, he's not close to borders, maybe, maybe, maybe he or she's not racist, maybe, maybe they're not compromised, maybe, maybe. Maybe they just don't know, they're just uninformed. But you got to think about that. You're a pastor of a church, you're responsible for the, the God's people, and the number one killer in black America is something you don't know nothing about. I got to kind of wonder why you don't know anything about it. Although I have met men and women that were truly and honestly uninformed. I just question why they're uninformed. I was in, I was in Colorado, preached at the second largest black church uh, in, in Colorado. And uh, after, after I was finished preaching, the pastor got up at the end of the program. He was going to just thank everybody for coming. He was the host pastor, but he didn't do that. He got up, and he repented. Jesus. He had never heard what I, talk, what I, had, what I had shared with the congregation. He had never seen the, the information presented in that way. And when he heard it and when he saw it, he repented. He and I still talk today. And I'm constantly feeding him information today. So there are those, they're good brothers, they're good sisters. Uh, they just are uninformed when it comes to that. And that's why it's so important uh, that we force um, this message uh, into the community, into the public square, so that this debate, this discussion can actually take place. And I've done that several times out here in California, and it's highly effective, highly effective. The discussion gets started, and once it gets started, the Holy Spirit takes over. I know mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's going to do it. There's no way they can justify killing babies. But does it? And and this and this is kind of where it goes because a lot of the girls that are and and we're talking about black leadership and and and, and in the case of maybe the black pastor, but a lot of these a lot of these girls aren't in a church. You know, they they grew up. On a corner with a church on a corner, but they've never been inside of it. They're not members of it, and the church folk inside don't come outside to get these girls. So if 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 we take that aspect of it out of the situation, what can we do differently to to reach our youth, not just the the elders that will mentor these girls, but the actual girls themselves? Because um, it, it's a real lack 
because what the left can do is scream war on women, war on women, and then all of a sudden they have this overarching um, narrative that they can carry to to bring up any subject, contraceptive, welfare, Section 8, all of these things. They can bring it up under this banner of, of this war on women. And even if you were to get the churches back on, on, on the side of a pro-life movement where I think they should firmly be, what about our youth that are not in the churches? What about our youth that, that, that have been lost and haven't maybe felt God's presence on their face? What can we do for them to help them get the message out? Wow. You know, I'm so glad um, that you're asking these questions. I mean, let's face it, that's, that's really what the church ought to be doing anyway, reaching the unchurch, reaching mm-hmm. the lost. And so whatever program you would have to reach somebody in the name of Jesus can be the same program you use to reach the youth of the unchurched. Let me tell you what, we do, what we've done here in, in California. Uh, last year in L.A., uh, I, I wanted to force the discussion into the communities, you know, not, not just in the pastor's office. And so what I did was put up 70 billboards in Los Angeles, and I, I didn't put them on the freeways, you know, those giant billboards. I put them in our communities by the grocery store. I put them right next uh, uh, to the church. So as you're walking just down the street, you walk right into uh, the bulletin board. I put them in our parks where all the youth were hanging out, that everybody was. And I'm here to tell you, uh, more of the young people started to ask the question, hey, is this true? They logged onto the website. They started to take a look at the information, and the youth started asking the question, my, my goodness, I didn't realize it was this bad of a problem. Where can I go to get more information? Well, when I put it in the public square, when I put it in the parks, when I put it in places where they hang out on the corner, it was amazing how many young people wanted to know more information about this. Now, imagine if the church got real one day and decided, you know what, we're just going to reach our youth. It's going to be an all-out effort to go reach yeah. our youth. There's no way the church could be stopped. There's no way that there would be any youth left uh, once the church decided to do that because the church is the arm of God, and there's just no way you can defeat God's program. Well, this this topic is so so unpopular, though, among uh, uh, just regular folk, you know, out here on the street and talking. And, you know, people will rather talk about Justin Bieber than talk about you know, or the latest video, or the latest whatever, then talk about abortions because it's so personal. And, and there's a lot of people that are fighting what they have done and still feeling guilty about maybe what they have done. And, and you know, I'm not here to, to throw stones at anybody. And, and it, it hurts me just to think about all of what's going on. And I can't even, you know, I'm not a personal witness of it. You know, I just understand how serious it is. So I can imagine someone who have actually been through the process to have to deal with it and have to talk about the conversation. So when it comes to just, you know, me talking to people or, or, or Sonny talking to people or, you know, people that are outside of the, let's just say people outside of the pro-life movement, you know, what's the entry, uh, uh, Pastor Hoyt? What, you know, how do we, how do we begin talking about this? How does, how does high schoolers begin talking to each other about this topic? You know, how do you talk to your coworker about this topic and, and actually make it stick? Because every time I bring the conversation up, and I know what I'm talking about, it always goes to choice, and you re- you can't open people's eyes past choice a lot of the time. 
here's here's what we do. The second thing I've done is that I'm I'm now on a board of a whole new ministry that's dedicated to taking the truth to the streets. These are mobile pregnancy care center clinics with free ultrasound, free doctors, free nurses, and this is what we do. We pull up in the hood and we park by the park. And you know what? If she wants to talk to a doctor, if she wants to talk to a doctor or a nurse, or he wants to get a free ultrasound just to see if it makes sure everything is all right, because they charge you to get this information in in the abortion clinics, you can just get it free. And we've discovered that when you make medical services, when you make ultrasounds available for free, you start the discussion. Mm-hmm. When she sees the ultrasound, she sees the baby, we're now talking, and we're talking about the baby. And once you start talking there, oh, my goodness, you can go anywhere. It's amazing what happens with him. He sees the baby inside the house. And all of a sudden, and he humanizes it, and that's... And that's the one thing that I had that I had said that the main thing that that Planned Parenthood sets out to do is to dehumanize, um, to make a mother not see her child as a living entity, and 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 that's where we find ourselves in in America. And I have to run, and I can't stay. And I've enjoyed this conversation, but I like to um, ask one more question and, and kind of leave this one out on the table because. Another thing that Margaret Sanger said that that really goes, and I don't think is repeated enough, is she says the best thing you can do for a young child in a big family is to kill it. And and if you were to downright ask um, a young a young woman to give her that quote and to tell her that quote, is it's very few young women that I would that I think would say, yes, I agree with that, and that is so true, or, you know, kind of uh, um, go um, wholeheartedly in on that side of it. So that's where the gap is, I think. It's a a gap in language, and where Pete was saying that they keep on saying, um, it's my choice, it's my choice. Well, yes, it is your choice, but it is my job also to tell you that God, for every every seed that God planted, he had a plan for it. And his plan wasn't for you to end up in an abortion clinic. And those are the kind of conversations that we need to start having. So I really appreciate you and all that you're doing, and I, I just say keep up the good work. And, Pete, thank you so much for having me on the show. I, I had a great time tonight. No, thanks for coming. I, I I actually needed your help, especially early on, but um, it's, it's smooth cruising right now. So thanks, Sonny. Appreciate you coming through. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good night, and thank you again for all you do, Pastor Hoyt. Bye, Sonny. All right. So, so Pastor Hoyt, let me let me let me move a little bit forward. We we forget those commercials right now. We'll get them on the back end. But um, let me ask you. Let me get back to Tanya Reeves here. Um, where do we stand now with Tanya Reeves, what what happens from here? Okay, this is where we stand with, with, with Tanya Reeves. Uh, she, Planned Parenthood is criminally negligent and depraved and has demonstrated a depraved indifference in, in how they treated Tanya Reeves. And so at this point, I'm on my way to Chicago. Uh, and when I get to Chicago, we're going to try to put together a press conference, and we're going to be calling for a criminal investigation to Planned Parenthood. 
And I think that when we put the pieces together, they're going to have a very difficult time explaining what took them so long to actually get an ambulance there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where it's going to start there. Now, there's some other things that I'm doing uh, right after Chicago, and I can't talk about that right now, but uh, I've got to go to uh, part two of our plan, uh, which uh, requires that I have to fly a little bit and, and see if I can start another fire burning that will add more fuel to the fire in Chicago. So the main thing right now is to bring all the, the pro-life forces together uh, in Chicago Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about this. Let's have a press conference. Let's demand a criminal investigation. And once we get that started, we just have to keep the full court press on. We've got to keep it in the media, blog about it, Facebook about it, talk about it on the radio, uh, write about it wherever you are. Uh, we need to keep this uh, in the media. It, it's amazing that, you know, uh, people aren't rallying behind this or or haven't rallied behind this, you know, it kind of, I saw it reach a peak in the media and I kind of just sat back and I, and I read a lot and I watched a lot and I listened a lot, but uh, it's amazing the peak, it, it reached this peak in about a week's time. And uh, then people were pretty much done talking about it before we even really knew uh, all the things surrounding the whole, whole issue with her death. So I, I sit here now and I wonder, you know, and, and I guess I'm asking you, you know, how can we help? How can people out here that really care about the issues, you know, how can we help people such as yourself? How can we reach out? You know, is there any literature that we can use? You know, what can we do to solidify our stance in, in, in the pro-life movement? Well, there's a couple of things that um, you can do. Uh, go to my Facebook. Uh, the, the more the more likes I have on my Facebook, this is simple, easy. The more the more the message can go go out. Uh, social media has such muscle, and by just doing something as simply as just going over to it on Facebook and clicking like, that means that we're going to exponentially expand the message into America. Mm-hmm. Another thing uh, people can do is that on my website, you can sign up to receive our, our newsletter, and there's a series of newsletters uh, that I've already written uh, that I really would like people to read, and there's one in particular. I wrote it last year because I just couldn't uh, get this message across. It was such demand to know what are the four reasons, and I just briefly went over them uh, on the radio today. But if you take a look at the, the series of columns entitled Betrayal Trauma, Betrayal Trauma, and so if you go to my website, www.issues.com, the number four, life.org, and you get into the foundation media section and just look up under um, newsletter archives, you'll see way down there uh, betrayal trauma. Read that series. That will educate you and give you the ammunition you need to start something going on wherever you are. The information there is absolutely stunning, and it's well documented. So uh, those are two things that people can do. Uh, they can always give. The, uh, we will always uh, be a little bit better if we could um, uh, increase our budget because traveling is expensive. It is. Uh, but the life of our people is at stake. And so we just have to keep doing the best we can. You know, it's, it's something that I've always said, and, and you know, I challenge people to donate to 
uh, issues for life myself because, you know, I look at and, and I'm not trying to harp on the on the president or, or anything, but I look at his campaign and uh, for all the things I find wrong with him, one thing that I noticed right was the way that they ran his his, his ground game with his campaign. And uh, there were people that were giving a nickel, that were giving ten cents, they were giving a dollar. I mean, I, I look at issues, and let's take politics out of this now, out of the conversation. But I look at issues, and I look at issues such as this one, and and I and I can't help but to wonder, you know, where are the people that advocate for life issues? You know, where are the cell phone donations? Where are the checks written for a dollar, five dollars? You know, where's the movement with life issues? There are a lot of people who claim to, uh, I love life, I love the Lord, I love Christ, I love God, I love people. I mean, but it's easy it's easy to say it, but I can't tell by looking. You know what I mean? I, I just can't see it. I got to call it what it is. I keep it 100. I can't tell by looking. So, you know, where are the donations coming from? You know, and and why are people willing to donate for such a cause as this? I mean, this is a valiant cause, and I, I don't understand why, you know, the donations aren't coming in by the boatload for either literature, travel, or, or what may have you, or, or to bring you guys in to speak. Man, um, I, I, I'm so glad you, you mentioned this. Um, one of the best ways to, to help us is to... Um, you know, invite us to come and speak and, and take care of that because it gives us a chance to actually meet people personally. Uh, yeah, we'll speak in, in front of the audience, but it also gives us the opportunity to get behind closed doors with, with leadership and to meet the needs of those that are already you know, on the ground. And so that's a, a tremendous way. And the, the truth is the other side of the coin fully funds uh, their soldiers. Uh, Al and Jesse fully funded. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's part of the problem. We've got to we've got to overcome that, and uh, by God's grace, or we will. And so I surely appreciate it. If anybody wants to make a donation, again, they can go to my website www.issuesforlife.org, and uh, just click on the donation button, and it'll take care of you right there. Uh, but the truth is, the 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 pro life side of the equation has really got to step up. You see, abortion is, is a business, and any business is born with a product, and abortion is just a product. And the business cannot survive uh, without customers. And black Americans are the number one customer of the abortion industry. At one point, uh, we challenged Alan Gutmacher Institute, my wife and I, and we we used their data and came up with 52%, not 30%, mm-hmm. 56%, sorry, of all the abortions was just from black America, 32% was from uh, the Hispanics, and 88% altogether was just coming from communities of color. Now, imagine if the number one customer decided that we're going to fight for life. We would end abortion overnight. Mm. So, yeah, we do need to uh, make those donations. We do need to connect uh, with folks, and I think uh, inviting us to come on in and share all that, all that we have to share will go a long way towards ending abortion. Well, I love it, and, and we'll definitely do all we can. We need to work on trying to get you guys on here regularly to talk about these topics because I, I feel like they're serious. I know that they're serious. 
And uh, I, I know it's something that is, is to me, is kind of swept under the rug. And, and people are really, I think people are really afraid, uh, Pastor Hoy. I think people are afraid to talk about this topic because of the emotional aspect of it. You know, the, the feelings it may bring back, you know, when they may have went through something like abortion or, or you know, maybe someone in their family may have went through abortion or what may have you. But, you know, I'm here to tell people if you're a believer, you know, God says give, give all that to him and you don't have to worry about it. You know, it's just a trick of the devil. It's a trick of evil to try to get you to, to, to grovel in the mistakes that you made and, and to remember these things that you've been through and to try to keep you down and, and keep your mind on the wrong thing when you should have your mind on God and have your mind on life. So, you know, I, I challenge people, you know, to, to donate to this, uh, you know, go to Issues for Life foundation.org and uh or is it issuesforlife.org and uh you know get knowledge on it get information on it and and you know keep on moving in life man because life is precious life is beautiful man i really appreciate that you know thank you for uh, letting me come on and talk a little bit about this uh i would also uh ask for prayer uh there's nothing more powerful than prayer uh, prayer changes things and so as, as we go about this country uh, from state to state talking about this, uh, protect us with prayer. Uh, this mm-hmm. is not an easy path, and some amazing things uh, have, have happened as a, as a result of us being protected by prayer. So uh, ask everyone. I'm asking everyone to pray for us if nothing else. Well, I, I know, Pastor Hoy, and this is kind of drop of the dime, man, but this, this is where my heart is leading me. I know that somebody's out there going through something and I can barely, like I said before, I can barely talk about this topic and deal with it because it just takes a toll on me. I mean, when you, when you, when you read the statistics and you understand what's really happening and you see people are by the floodgates are flooding into these facilities and doing this to themselves, you know, in the name of what they may feel like is a mistake. I, I, first, I don't understand how people can look at a life as a mistake. I think a life is, is, a, is, a, is a beautiful diamond. It's a gem. You know, it, it's a blessing to be able to have a life, you know, to be given a life to take care of. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out here, and I often say that there's a lot of people out here that, that all have the reproductive organs to have a child, but the word speaks that God says, I knew you in the womb. So that means, you know, you're chosen to have that child. So I, you know, if, if you would, uh, if you leave us in prayer, uh, for me to be able to deal with these topics and talk about them more and, and for, for likes of yourself and, and maybe some people that we have on the air that are going through things like this, you know, I, I would appreciate if you, you to give us a prayer, uh, just a short word in prayer, if you will lead us into that. Man, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. Yes, sir. Let's everybody, let's everybody uh, prepare to pray. Father God in heaven, we come before you realizing that we're just two or three are gathered together. You're in the midst thereof. And right now, Father, we can feel your presence right where we are. We want to say thank you for that. We also want to acknowledge you as the one that has all power. There's nothing you can't do. There's no mountain so high or valley so low, Lord, that you can't touch us right where we are and give us exactly what we need. There's no problem you can't solve and no question you can't answer. So, Father, as we come to you, we come to you in confidence, knowing that you're able to meet our needs, such as it is, right where we are. Father God, I'm praying for our leaders all across the country, wherever they may be, 
uh, from the White House on down. Uh, I'm praying for uh, church leadership. I'm praying for our youth. Uh, I'm praying for my dear friend Pudgy, our radio host today, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen him and bless him and use him as only you can. I'm praying for that that young girl right now under the sound of my voice who may be struggling with an unplanned, an untimely pregnancy, Lord. Help her to realize that you are the author and finisher of life, that you are the giver of life, and that no one, no one has the right to take the life of an innocent human being. It isn't a right. It isn't a civil right. It's not a right at all. No one has the right to take the life of an innocent human being. And so, Lord, in your word, make it clear to her that you'll meet her need, Mm -hmm. that you'll step up right where you are, and that you'll do for her what only you can, what you've already said you would in your word. And then, Father, I'm praying for that father, that that young man out there who who is all of a sudden a daddy right now, doesn't know how to handle it, doesn't know what it means, not sure what to do, perhaps he's even afraid. Lord, I'm asking that you would touch his heart as well. Help him, Father, to step up and be the dad and be the father he's supposed to be. Help him to do right by the girl, Lord, to be that provider, to be that protector, to be that blessing to her. Now, Father, as we go forward in your name, I'm asking that you bring abortion to an end. Lord, our people can't last another 40 years. We need to do something about it right now. And I'm praying that you would. And I'm praying in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, thank you, Pastor Hoyman. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here. And, uh, you know, more power and prayers go out to you, my brother. And, uh, you know, if I can help you in any way, you know I'm at your disposal with the, with the drop of the dime. I mean, it, it's I'm here. And um, I also wanted to ask you one more thing before we let you go, and I, and I know you're traveling, but I wanted to ask you about the rally uh, in Chicago that, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, the, um, right now I can, I can say this, that it's going to be on the 21st, uh, August 21st, and we're quick the final touches on it right now. Pray for uh, us because I'm doing something in the Black Pro Life movement that hasn't been done since the 60s. I can't tell you what it is, but you and I will talk offline. Sure. But um, it is uh, something that has not been done since the original Black Pro Life groups uh, got together in the 60s. So just keep August 21st. Lift it up in prayer. Ask God to move mightily uh, because this is one time where we need to hold Planned Parenthood accountable. They're criminally negligent, and they demonstrated a depraved indifference toward black women, and we're not going to stand for that. Well, you you definitely have our prayers and you have our support. And, uh, you know, actually, we're prepared to – to go online, and that, that's something we'll talk about off, off air, but we're prepared to uh, help individuals who can't make that rally and, and possibly do an online rally because it, there's a lot of people who like to be there that just can't be there, you know, frank, frankly. And uh, But we don't want to leave them out. So, you know, with all this technology that we have going today, we're going to figure something out and, and at least help them be there in spirit 
and by sound if we can if we can do our thing. So uh, we'll talk about that more off air, but we're definitely prepared to broadcast on the 21st uh, for that rally. So, you know, the people that can't be there could actually listen to what's going on and, and try to participate in whatever way that they can. Brother, let's make it happen. We will do. Blessings to you, Pastor Hoy. We'll hear from you uh, when we talk again. Hey, man, check your email. I just sent you a link. Uh, to where you can find that those series of columns I wrote called Betrayal Trauma. And make sure everybody gets a hold of that one, all right? I'll definitely make sure we do that. We'll get that posted here on the blog, every blog we have here in, in the next few hours. Love you, brother. Take care. All right. God bless you. Going to commercial, folks. You're listening to the KRP Radio Show, the number one black conservative show, Southeastern United States. This is how we do it. B-I-G, baby. If y'all don't know, man, ain't too many shows you can get a pastor to come on and pray for you. So I know y'all got to be feeling good because I am. We'll be right back after these messages. You're gone. 
60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every 110 children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web, the address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists that Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers, scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. Could switching to GEICO really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Your home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15. Across America, the NFL and United Way are inspiring kids to get healthy and more active. Join the Play 60 movement. Pledge to Play 60 today at liveunited.org. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock or the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 9.8 isn't any of that. It's ounces. And that makes this the life ever. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919 426 
919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking, LLC. K-I-R-P Radio! I believe you can tell a lot about our governor and lieutenant governor by the way they lead our state. We have great challenges facing us and need strong, courageous, visionary leadership to see us through. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina lieutenant governor. As an architect, senior partner, and office president of the state's largest design firm, I was accustomed to solving complex problems for my clients. Architects are creative problem solvers, and that's what we need more of in Raleigh. And we need more business leaders, not more politicians. Over the past 10 months, I've visited the majority of the counties in North Carolina multiple times, traveled over 80,000 miles, listened to thousands of North Carolinians share their solutions to the challenges we face. Did you know North Carolina ranks 41st in the nation in K-12 education, 36th in graduation rate, 43rd in unemployment, 38th in business tax climate, 42nd in illegal immigration. This is just not acceptable. I believe it's time to look at the failed policies of our current governor and lieutenant governor and demand real leadership for North Carolina. As your next lieutenant governor, I will tackle these issues head on and provide the strong, courageous, and visionary leadership needed to lead our state through these challenging times. Over the next few months, I'll be sharing solutions to these challenges, and I hope you will take the time to share them with your friends and family and give me your feedback. I believe we can turn America around, and I believe we should start right here in North Carolina. I'm Dan Forrest, conservative candidate for North Carolina Lieutenant Governor, and I ask for your support. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome black, everybody, to the KIRP Radio Show. Appreciate you guys rocking with us, man. It's uh, It's been a heck of an evening. It's been a, a very informative evening, I know, for a lot of you folks out there, because uh, I know that some stuff was rattled off that you probably never, ever heard in your life before. So, like I always tell you, don't believe me. Look it up. Don't believe my guests. Look it up for yourselves. You know, get the official information. Don't just, you know, don't go to... Uh, opposing sites, you know, trying to find out where we went wrong tonight or where the stats were wrong. You know, we may be off a percent, maybe over, maybe under a half percent somewhere. Uh, It's pretty precise, though. I will say that it is pretty precise. So shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to all my Facebook followers, all my uh, Twitter followers out there, man. You guys are B.I.G. in my book. Really appreciate you guys. And if you are on Facebook and you're looking to find us, hit us up at Facebook.com. Slash K-I-R-P Radio Show. You know, we always have topics on there. We're always talking about something that pisses somebody off. Somebody don't like it. Somebody called me crazy or something like that. But, you know, I'm used to it by now. I'm probably a little bit crazy, but, you know, everybody got a little bit of crazy side in it. Also, if you guys are on Twitter, hit us up on the Twitter page. My personal Twitter, 
is at NC Pudgy, NC P U D G Y. That's me. And uh, what am I? To all my regular listeners, they know what I'm going to say next. Don't be surprised on what I might say, because I say some stuff. So I don't want you to get mad at me. At the end of the day, I don't care. Just love me. You can get mad at me. Just love me. As long as you love me, we good. Also, you can check out the show on Twitter. That's uh, at symbol K I R P Radio Show. That's how you can find us. Leave a comment on there. Let us know you listen to the show. Uh, retweet some of the stuff we have on there. And uh, if you guys don't like something and you got a comment, you know, you didn't want to call in. I know we didn't take any callers. And I apologize. I saw a whole host of folks lit up on there. I'm sorry I didn't take your call this evening. Sometimes we just don't take callers, man, because, you know, this topic is kind of serious. I don't want to get in a debate with anybody over this. I just I don't want to entertain that. Um, it's factual what we're saying. The information is out there. So if you just don't like it, you just don't like it. But you know, it's true. It's, it's true information. And, uh, you know, our job is to put it out there. So help us God. And, uh, to you folks who are offended by our prayer, you probably stumbled on the wrong show <laughs> because we pray. Sorry, my bad. Anyway, also, folks, if you're on iTunes for all my iPad and my iPhone people out there, I'm not I'm not privy to be one of you guys. But uh, if you are an i whatever uh, iTunes iPad companion, <laughs> uh, we're also on iTunes podcast. Keywords are K I R P. That's one radio. Two, three is show K R P radio show. Hit us up on iTunes. You can find all the old broadcasts, some of the old shows. All the archives are on there. You can listen to this show. Maybe you got on late and you didn't get a chance. You didn't get a chance to listen to uh, the broadcast early on. You know, hit us up on there. Let us know what you think. Email us at kirpradio at gmail dot com. That's how you can find us. And uh, you know, let us know what you thought about the show, man. We 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 um we welcome your your comments and, and concerns and you know anything you got to say. We welcome it, man. I mean, it is what it is. Positive or negative, we welcome it. We appreciate the interaction. You know, maybe you can change our mind. I don't know. You know, give it a shot. Maybe you can change our mind and enlighten us about something. And, I, and I'm always willing to be enlightened. And, you know, I, I don't know it all. My guests don't know it all. And, you know, it is what it is. Maybe you got a word for me, and I appreciate that. I love knowledge. I love books. So if you got a book for me to read or, you know, a passage or, or, or what may have you, you know, give it up. Hit us up. So that's K-I-R-P radio at gmail.com. Don't put show because we'll never get it. So it's just K-I-R-P radio at gmail.com. Hit us up with that and leave your comments, your emails, what may have you. Also, for you folks that want to advertise, our advertisement is very, very reasonable. So you can also hit us up on that same website. Let us know if you want to advertise with us, and uh, we're welcome to have you. Um, you know, we, we appreciate you guys for coming through and uh, showing us a lot of love. There are a lot of people out there who listen to the show, almost 5 million of you guys. And I am ecstatic by those numbers that we received this month. Um, we're knocking down over 8,000 views, uh, about, I, I would like to say, 1,000 views an hour or somewhere around there, but it's a little bit more than that. Uh, so, you know, appreciate all you guys for listening to the show, retweets, rebroadcasts, you know, whatever. You guys are B.I.G. in my book. You know, you're definitely in there, and there's a lot of love for you guys. We got a few things coming up, folks, and uh, I'm going to be there, and I, and I hope you guys are there. We have a community back-to-school kickoff. Community back-to-school kickoff. August 26, 2012. 
We're going to start at 2. We'll be done by 7 p.m. This is sponsored by my man, Rashad Woods, and his beautiful bride, Contessa Woods. They are the masterminds behind this all. And those are my partners. Rashad is my partner. I love them, too, my brothers and sisters. My brother and sister, and uh, Rashad is my partner in the organization that we have, our nonprofit uh, called the Loving Father Society, uh, which spawned off another group called I Love Being a Black Father. And, you know, a lot of people don't like that title. They don't like what, we, what we're saying. I love being a black father. Well, I do, daggone it. You don't have to love it. I do. So I love being a black father. We know there are individuals out there that love being a Mexican, Mexican, Latino, white, Jewish, whatever you want to call it. We know you guys love to be fathers, too. But there's there's a stigma that sticks with being a black father that we're trying to erase. And we don't like to equate. We don't want anybody to equate being a black father to being a deadbeat or being no good or what may have you. We we just don't like all those terms that are thrown around with being a black father. So that's why we started that organization. And uh, so we're co-sponsoring this event uh, along with a host of other individuals, other groups. Shout out to the C4GC. Um, Lee, Lee, my man Lee over there. Shout out to Jim. I won't say your last name, but shout out to Jim and his wife, and uh, and Major Dave, and all, all you guys around, man, that help us out. Uh, other other small like Lucy's Nails, uh, seventeen hundred East Bessemer Avenue, Sue F, Greensboro, North Carolina. She's sponsoring something. She's a drop off location where uh, my partner actually took a box out there, and uh, you know her 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 customers can come in and they can drop a pack of pencils in there, or they can drop some paper in there. Because it all makes a difference, and it's all appreciated. It's all going to the good of someone else. So, you know, this is what we're doing. We also got to give a shout-out to VF uh, Wrangler. Shout-out to you guys. You're doing, they're doing They've done a huge, huge contribution uh, to this event. So definitely a big IG shout-out to you guys. So for all you guys out there in the Greensboro greater area, the triad area, listen, if you need a book bag or, you know, maybe not a book bag or if you need school supplies or whatever you need, you know, come out. Have a good time with the celebrate. We're not asking for anything, but if you got a p- some pencils, some paper, some supplies, or, or whatever, we really appreciate you guys bringing it out and helping someone who can't afford those things that you already have. Uh, if you need some things, come out, get those things that you need, but you're going to have to celebrate with us and have a good time. I will be in the Duncan booth, and I will be talking trash. And I'm recruiting my partner, Rashad. He's going to be in the Duncan booth, too. Yeah, I know. I just I just recruited him in there. But I think he already said he'd be in it. But listen, we're going to be we're going to be in the Duncan booth, and uh, we're going to be talking trash. So come out there, throw some balls at us, kick, play some kickball with us. It's going to be August 26th this year, 2 p.m. through 7 p.m. at Nocho Park or Noco Park. That's 1010 Duke Street, Greensboro, North Carolina. All kids are invited. Bring your kids. We're going to have a good time, but we would love for you guys to be a sponsor. And feel free to tell anybody else in the community, man. It's a community event. It's going to be a fun-filled day with kickball. We're going to play some games. We're going to have some food, a bunch of other activities, face painting. And and most of all, we're going to supply your kids with in, in the community with school supplies. I mean, this is the second annual event. This is what we do. Shout out to my man Rashad and Contessa Woods. They are B.I.G. for having this event. They thought of it. They originated. They came up with it. They planned it. They organized it. And I just piggyback on to try to make this thing happen. So I believe in it, and I hope you guys believe in it too. We hope to see you guys out there. Also, we got a town hall, Wilson, North Carolina, September 1st. We'll be at one of the recreation centers. It's looking like 
And uh, I challenge all you guys to come out and be a part of this town hall, man. It's, it's going to be an event. We're going to talk about music, community, drugs, awareness, slang, you name it. We're going to chop it up. We're going to really talk about it. We're going to invite the mayor out there, the police out there, the community out there, just everybody. We're going to get together. We're going to talk about this thing. We're going to chop it up and really cover some things that are concerns to a lot of people. So I'm out of here. I appreciate you guys for rocking with me. One love. We'll see you guys next week. I love you. Remember this. God is love, love is God. One. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. I go for mine, I get to shine. Now throw your hands up in the sky. I'm sitting on the TV, mama, mama, mama.